Rusty Quill presents. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. This is an actual play podcast intended for adults and may contain material that some people find disturbing. Please see the episode notes for content warnings and listen with care. If you found our show from Graham Patrick's guest writing on episode three of the Magnus Protocol, you might want to start with one of the campaigns he wrote on. Y'all of Cthulhu, our first ever season, is a complete horror campaign in the Old West. Next, we have Bleaker Trails, which is in the same setting. That has one complete season, and the final season is coming late in 2024. And if you're looking for something shorter and science fiction, we have a six-episode Blade Runner series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you around. Our Discord is slade.me slash discord. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome aboard the 120 to College Station. Now, I apologize for the mess on the platform. The guard informed me some dandies have been whipping up havoc and it got some poor sod killed. Mm-hmm. Yep, eaten by a biblical-sized swarm of rats. Anyhow, this car's empty, so take whatever suits you. There ain't many on board for chit-chat. Uh, that will not be a stretch for me. Oh, what a marvelous coincidence. Well, imagine my surprise to see you here. Oh, let me just, uh... Have porters to store your things in the luggage compartment. Oh, this will not budge. Oh, there is seating everywhere in this train. Plenty of room. Ah, no, 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 I insist. Un, deux, trois. Oh, oui, voilà. I had been under the impression, Pinky, that I might be traveling alone. Oh, don't be so sullen. Oh, and I brought treats. Now, how about you help me to unroll this tablecloth? No? Okay, uh, it's fine. I can manage it myself. <laughs> there we go. Mwah, très bien. Oh, look at that. The stage is set. And now for the main event. Oh, I forgot. Bourguignon. Mm, la vie est trop courte pour boire du mauvais vin. <laughs> Please, Arcanum. Share with me a little... <laughs> Glue, glue. Pinky, I do appreciate that, but I do not partake. (sighs) 
chicken liver pate with figs and berries. <coughs> oh, oh God, no, mon Dieu! Oh, it is like feet. Oh no, it must have turned. I don't know how it would have smelled good. So, have you been to France, Arcanum? Uh, you know, it's on my bucket list. You know, this is quite nice. Getting to know you properly without the uh, frills and flair. <laughs> and especially after such an awkward start. <laughs> you, uh, you mean with the snake? Yes, with Lucy. Uh, Pinky, how long have you known the professor? Well, a little over one year. In your estimation, is he a good man? He is a good man to know, I would say. Understood. I believe there is a chance that perhaps you and I may get along fairly well after all. I believe that from the moment we met. The screaming just won't stop as Silas holds the confused guard against the wall with a knife pressed to his neck. Ambrose, their quarry, is slumped over unconscious in the hall. Julius stands at the bottom of the stairs in the cell block, watching the twitching lips of the severed head as it rests on his boot. London, I'm going to ask you for a sanity check for Julius. Failure, 8144. Oh, you've only lost one point of sanity. Just a casual head. Julius will be fine, but I do think an urgency to leave is going to overwhelm him. Julius would shriek, like, ah! He, like, involuntary, ah! You know. There's a dying commotion in the cell block, as most prisoners have fled. Silas and that guard he's been threatening are the ones who take notice. Let me go! Let me go! What do you want to do with the guard, Wes? Well, what I wanted to do was cut his fucking head off because he pissed me off. <laughs> what I will do is manacle him. Okay. <sighs> you cut me. <sighs> I got your fucking keys. You're in your own fucking cuffs and I'll let you fucking go when I damn well please. I learned how to cuss from the prisoner back there. Cool. I want to just, you know, go down and. All right. I got what I needed. We got to get a move on. Cody's after us. 
Hang on, I'm finding some stuff out. Wait, who the fuck is Cody? <laughs> You're gonna find out real soon, Silas. I'm bleeding. If you shut the fuck up, you can come with us. And I put my knife down. And let's get the fuck out of here. Because there's a Cody coming. Cody is on the way. <laughs> C- Cody? Shit. Shit, shit, shit. We gotta run. This ain't good. Yeah. Julius, with Ambrose slung over his back, hustles for the basement door, lumbering through the cell block. He's standing inside, breathless, waiting for Silas. And walking out of the cell with the shackled guard, Silas, you see a man slick with blood standing at the foot of the stairs. That man, Cody, seems to look through you with a hollow stare. Run, Vass. Run. Shit. Wes, give me a luck roll for Silas. (laughs) I have 77 out of 70. Okay. It's not clear whether it's you or the guard that he's after, but Cody takes a long stride toward you and peels the cleaver from his belt. No! Cody, please! And then a smile cracks open his blood-caked face. (laughs) He heaves the heavy butcher's blade up and throws the knife violently toward you. Can you pass a dodge roll for Silas? Yes! I can! Yeah! With a brutal thunk, the knife bites deep into the door as you dive for the stairs, pushing the hapless guard in front of you. (laughs) Come on, Cody! Don't do it, Cody! Oh, then we just, we go shut and lock it. Oh, okay. Oh. Julius, can I get an intelligence roll to see if you remember which key it was that fits this door? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Okay, nice. The door's old (laughs) lock clunks shut. Uh. Can I snap that key off in the damn thing? Yeah, I like that idea. Silas breaks the key off in the lock as Cody wrenches the knife from the door and slams it back down, splintering the wood, the blade stopping only inches from Silas's face. (laughs) Freak shit. Okay. Lucky. Fuck you, and then we go. (laughs) Do we want to go back to the cadets, London? What would we do with the cadets? I don't know. Well, maybe we could, yeah, could ask about the shit that's going on. Like, gesture broadly to everything we bring them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the, the rats and stuff, and then, like, do y'all know Cody? Uh, or maybe not that, but... Fellas, there's some fucked up shit going on down there. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, it's worth a try if you want to. That's a place to stop. It's on the way out. You know how to get to the cadet's little ritual site, and you can probably find your way back to the mess hall or Cody's closet. And as you begin heading deeper into the tunnel, you hear breaking wood behind you. No! Shit! Fuck! Oh, don't worry. One by one, your fingers will drop off. We can count them together. 
Please, come on, fellas. I want to keep my fingers. Can I just go? I'm just slowing you down. I, I saw nothing. Honest, it's a blur. Uh, I don't know no one. Come on. I've got a family. We got business to attend to here. We're breaking our way out. So you'll let me go? You're letting me go, right? Come on, please. Is that Cody? Shit. It's been a while since I've been down here, but, but I know these tunnels a little bit. Now, now I'm not going to say nothing about no breakout. I'll tell him I got knocked out, I came to, and, and Cody was prowling the block, and, and I got chased down here. Who won't believe that psycho's to blame for all this? Honest, you, you won't get any heat for it. Silas, what do you say? Yeah, let's go. We'll get to leading. Yeah, can I get one of them lanterns? Sure. But try anything and we'll take you out. Yeah, I got that part. Keep moving, now Cody's still coming. Follow me close. Oh, that's... I can feel you down here. Quickly! The guard checks a few corridors ahead and seems to get his bearings. Then he weaves you through the pipe-riddled labyrinth to a section you don't recognize at all. Hmm. Not much further, this is pretty familiar. He jogs ahead a bit and gestures with his shackled hands to follow. There is a staircase. The pipes, they talk to me. I can teach you how to listen. Come on now! I lost my keys. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) He gives you a side eye. But I want him back when you unlock this door. Almost there. Just gotta find it. Ah, shit. Where are you? Oh. Oh. He fumbles around for quite a while since he's handcuffed. But he does find the key and turns the lock. Oh, okay. I see you. This is another basement area filled with tools. You see empty meat hooks, knives, stacked aprons, and polished slabs. Yikes. I don't like this room. Yeah, what, what is this? Uh, meat sciences. That makes sense. This is an ag school. Yeah, Texas agricultural and meat. Let's go. It's mechanical, but whatever. (laughs) Meat. (laughs) Keep going, keep going. He guides you up another short staircase to an unlocked door. Ooh. The three of you step into a classroom, and of course Julius is carrying Ambrose, covered in blood. The sun is harsh on your eyes, so it takes you a moment to adjust. Based on the chalkboard diagram, you've interrupted a lecture on the various cuts of beef. A handful of cadets sit at their desks, staring at you. Oh. 
and the professor drops his pointer. Uh, don't mind us. Just, uh, got a little lost. Yeah, we're just, uh, we're just sneaking through here. Don't worry about us. The professor scrunches his face nervously beneath his spectacles. I'm sorry, what is the meaning of this? What's the meaning of anything at all, sir? <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> this again. Uh, <laughs> Haven't you read Nietzsche? <laughs> it's okay, Prof. This is official jail business. We're conducting a, a, emergency training, and it will, it will not happen again. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. My department head is going to hear about this now. Go on, get out. You quickly leave the classroom and find yourselves in the echoing halls of an academic building. The few students that pass stop to gawk with disbelief as you carry Ambrose out. Uh, we're just working, working our way through to uh, the infirmary. We're just headed to the infirmary. Uh, he had a little too much uh, to drink. Yeah, this man's very ill. Yeah, ill. And the guard stops when you reach a quiet nook. Are we done then? I, I did what I said I would. Shit, Cody. All right, all right. I think this is the part where you uncuff me quick and I forget I ever saw you. Yes, this is that part where you forget our faces. Sounds good to me. Thank you for leading us out. He rubs his wrists and gives you a look of worry. Then quicker than you imagined, he rabbits out into the stark sunlight of the morning. Okay. Help me, I was kidnapped! We can't do anything about that now. I would like to return it to Hackett, you know, just to drop off Ambrose and drop off the files that I have. Stumbling out into the blinding sun, you find yourselves amidst the hubbub of the main roads. A few concerned men with guns seem to be running toward the jailhouse, but otherwise it seems calm, for now. Slipping into the shadows of the back alleys, you manage to find your way into Hackett's garden. Ambrose is still unconscious, tucked under Julius's arm. She bursts out the kitchen door to meet you. Oh, this is unexpected. I'm sure that we were to meet at the opium den, Julius. I haven't made enough tea for everyone. This is a disaster. Hmm. Is that supposed to be Ambrose you're carrying? Yes. I barely recognize him. Mm. Oh gosh, he's moved. He's alive, stupendous. Yes, he's alive. He just got a little tired. He was beat. He fell right asleep on the way over here. You could say he was beat. Ah, and who is this adorable little fellow? A friend, maybe? But he is short next to you, Julius. What is your name, short man? But no, wait, don't say a word. We are incognito. I'd quite forgotten. Now, let's see to Ambrose. Ah, these experiments have been quite brutal. God only knows what was done. I'm sure of it. And um, these files as well. I was able to procure these. What are you giving her exactly? Everything but the uh, thing about the poisoning. Okay, good. She eagerly takes both of those files and gives them a once-over with a slight smile. Yes, you've done quite well. 
Please help me get Ambrose to the porch. We don't want to let him fester in the sun now, do we? And I have the money I promised you, Julius. Okay. All right, and I just kind of lift him, kind of drop him at the door. She runs inside the house and quickly returns with $10. Ooh. (sighs) Well, Julius, I'll be sure to thank Professor Bleeker in person next time I see him. Do send my regards in the meantime. Gentlemen, would you like a refreshing tea before you go? I can whip up a brew of my new blend, Lickety Split. The aroma is simply euphoric, like fresh-cut grass with high notes of vanilla. Um, no tea for me. Uh, we're actually, we're actually, we're good, Silas. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Hmm, well, suit yourselves, but you are missing out on a delightful mouth sensation. Right then, to work! Ambrose, what are we going to do with you, hmm? Well, I hope, um, he makes a fast recovery. He was troubled. He was making some strange drawings and such back there. Spiders and... He was eating himself. That too. Such a pity. The human mind is such a fragile instrument. Give me a spot hidden for Julius. You've been carrying Ambrose for a while, and now you've crumpled him on the porch in the daylight. Spot hidden. Success. 17 versus 25. Julius is going to notice bolts on the back of Ambrose's head, barely sticking out at the base of his skull. Ooh. You may have felt these in the dark of the steam tunnels, but now you're seeing them clearly. These are sloppy inserts surrounded by likely infected wounds. Is this some sort of torture thing that I would know about, or is this like... I don't know. Give me an education roll. Nothing failure. 86 versus 45. You don't know anything about them, but you'd probably need surgery to get them out. Okay. Uh, I'm a little freaked out by by this. Um, oh, how freaked out? Not sanity real freaked out, but, but freaked out in the way that I'm even more cautious around Hackett in this case because of that. And I'm going to make a roll. Oh, my God. Fuck you, crit fail. Ooh. I rolled a hundred. Okay. Holy shit. What can I do for that? Because I was doing something so simple. You'll see Hackett notices you looking at the bolts. She throws her body over Ambrose to cover them up. (gasps) What are you hiding? Did you do this to this boy? I don't understand it fully. We have so much to learn from these experiments. Do you want to help us or not? Um, not in particular. The boss will know what to do. Yes, I work for Bleeker. Yes, you told me before. Are you feeling like yourself, Julius? I work for Bleeker, too. I assumed so. It was smart to bring on another man. Ambrose is now seizing up on the porch, and Hackett is aggressively petting the top of his head. Shush now... No. I've noticed you're lingering. Have you changed your mind on the tea? No, we're gonna get the fuck out of here. I really can't wait to run on what I found out about her by Bleaker once I get back, but yeah, we'll start to leave. And as we're leaving, I also... I'll, I'll talk to Silas. Five of this is for you. Are you sure? 
Couldn't have made it through back there without you. Come along. We gotta talk about Kierkegaard on the way. That sounds good to me. <laughs> do come back again. But if you do, we never met. Ha <laughs> ha! Now go. I must mother this boy. We're heading back to Junction. And Silas, are you joining me there? Uh, I, I said I would join you. I'm, I'm going with you. Whatever you need. <laughs> do you want to stop back at that uh, opium den, Silas? I don't not want to go back to the opium <laughs> den, I'll put it that way. <laughs> well, before we head out, you know, I don't want to just leave you hanging. Well, I was having a nice time at the opium den before uh, I got involved with you. I think the opium den does to go. <laughs> uh, the pain of existence. You want to you wanna go to the opium den and then catch the train? Is that a thing that's okay with you? Yeah. Let's swing on by. Why don't we? All right, so you two know the way back to the opium den. Yeah, let's go. I would still like to use the shadows. Yeah, I think we've had enough action. You do notice uniformed men knocking on doors. There aren't too many out, but there is a growing presence around town. These look like local police. Am I very obviously covered in blood? Yes, your clothing is a little bloody, but not as bad as Julius. Awesome. That's great. Okay. Yeah, we gotta stay out of sight as best as we can. Is the blood still wet? Wet? <laughs> I, I just would, I was wondering if, like, I rolled around in dirt, if that would do a good job of, like, adhering to the blood and maybe cover up the fact that, like, I would look more dirty than, than slaughtery. Let's say yes. I wouldn't mind seeing you do that. This is something I learned in the Pinkertons. Uh, and then I get down and, and roll around in the dirt and then stand up and go, see? <laughs> <laughs> Is Julius impressed by that tactic? Yeah. Yeah, I went in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Julius isn't necessarily rolling around. He's just sort of just going down and just picking up, you know, pieces of mud and just putting it on. Him. Okay. I'm not stooping that low, but uh, let's do it. <laughs> That's fair. You you do it your way. <laughs> Y'all are now bloody and dirty. From a distance, this might look more presentable, like you were breaking horses or something. <laughs> Silas, as you near the opium den, you recognize one of the customers passed out in the weeds alongside the building. You see that? That's where it's at, right there. That's what you want. There's a service door in the back, and then, of course, the main entrance. Why don't we go in through the back here, um... I don't know if they'll even notice that I left. Maybe my spot's still open. Hmm. You don't think that'll draw any extra attention going through the back? I don't think that there's much attention going around in this place. All right. You seem to have a booth. We'll take that. That door is locked. Fuck. I guess we're going around the front. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody asks, we were at the rodeo. <laughs> That's right. We were at the rodeo. Silas walks into the familiar atmosphere and sweet smells of the den. To Julius, this is cloying smoke lingering in stale air. The attendants are dutifully walking around checking on customers, who are mostly checked out of the waking world. The workers occasionally speak to the old man at the back of the room, who sits with his eyes closed. Since you last saw him, it looks like he hasn't budged. Welcome back, Mr. Silas. Uh, your usual spot, I presume? 
Yes, please. Um, this is my friend Julius. We've been at the rodeo. Well, if anybody asks, not just... Don't just... <laughs> just saying. That's lovely, sir, but I don't rightly care what you boys might be getting up to. <laughs> please, follow me, and I'll get you seated. Yes. You're escorted to a small table flanked by large cushions. So what you're going to want to do is just uh, grab a seat, and we're going to get ourselves a, a nice pipe... Maybe a tea. Have ourselves a real nice little afternoon. All right, we deserve it, you know, um, after everything we went through. Yes, we have earned this dissociation. This is a thing that we're going to do. <laughs> I, ha- I have to know, is Julius going to smoke opium with Silas? I don't, think, I don't think he's ever smoked opium, though. You have just seen some shit, though. <laughs> you know, I might need it after. Don't feel any pressure. Um... <laughs> You don't have to smoke it. You could you could have a tea if that's a more suitable means for you. I, I notice your aversion to tea back there. <laughs> well, actually, I will order a tea. I am parched. But I'll explain a little bit about that. I saw some files, and apparently the doctor has been mixed up in some sort of poisoning thing. I didn't want to risk it. I didn't want to risk my life or risk yours. Well, thank you for that. I didn't I didn't want to die. I don't want you to die either. And I, in fact, love tea. It's the perfect complement to a good book. So I think I will order a tea. You enjoy your, your, your treat. And then we'll be on our way to the train station. All right, so I'm going to flag down our guy. He's already on his way to the table with your pipe, Silas. And a tea for Julius. Like he's been eavesdropping. You are good. You are really, really good. Thank you so much. You are most welcome, Silas. Silas is going to light that pipe and just take the longest drag <laughs> in the history of drags. Like, just, just going to hold, just... <laughs> you see, Julius, what you don't understand is... Sometimes you just got to do something to take the edge off. <sighs> and then Silas just slumps down. <laughs> Silas, I agree. Sometimes you need something to take that edge off. He brings the teacup to his lips. Smooth. <clears throat> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I am going to ask Wes for a constitution roll. Of course. Yeah, sure. You got it. Let's see if let's see if I can die. Well, I failed. Julius, you see Silas's head hit the table. Now let's check on Eli and Pinky's arrival to College Station. This is your stop. Why are you still sitting down? Come on now. All that can be seen is the shifting form of people on the platform as annoyed voices start to get more heated. Some occurrence or other is happening outside. There's fucking always something going on at a train station in this show. So Eli grabs his one bag, or his one case. He'll make his way off of the train. 
Pinky neatly folded his tablecloth, and he's following behind you. As Eli steps onto the platform, you'll see that the crowd is partitioned. They're corralling passengers waiting to leave into a separate area. A lean, wiry man is holding up the passengers. They nod along to his inquiries as he crushes a cigarette under heel and lights another. One of our guards has been taken hostage. Does he have a badge or some sort of insignia? It's going to be fairly obvious to Eli that he's a marshal. He's overdressed in a long blue coat with a badge on his breast, and he wears a pistol on the hip. Okay, and he's saying what to them? You are close enough to hear most of the exchange. He's handing out a description of particular people and asking whether they've been seen. There seems to be a lot of them. These men are armed and dangerous. Kind of your height? See, now, I don't think you fully understand. He's larger than me. A giant. And what about the other one? Short, with shifty eyes that are too close together. You wouldn't trust him. Yeah, I reckon so. Well, it seems may have been a gang of them. You say your horse is missing, right? Yep, just couldn't find her this morning. (laughs) Is anyone in the crowd responding that they have seen these people? So far, no. They're anxious to board the train. The marshal is roughing up some of the men. No, I don't know anything. Damn it, I know you've seen somebody. Now you tell me, and you won't get hurt. I swear I didn't see nobody like that. There's a bounty in all these men. Collect. Get your reward, son. Uh, at the sound of reward, Eli is going to uh, go, <clears throat> uh, Marshall. Eli, no. What are you doing? Yeah. What is it? It sounds like you may be looking for some people. Uh, might I get the description? Perhaps I've seen them. Uh, you're a waste of time. I reckon you're just coming in and this happened while you was on the train. I I am, but I uh, travel about quite a bit. But I'll say this. Keep an eye out for a hulk of a man. Strongest you'll ever lay eyes on, or so they say. Well, it sounds like you have quite a hullabaloo going on in this <laughs> town. If you see someone like that, I suggest you run, and you find me or my men. We'll have this town crawling with rangers before supper. You have my word that uh, I will keep my eyes peeled for these despicable criminals. Do you have any idea where they may have been seen last? They escaped the jail through the steam tunnels beneath campus. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes, the steam tunnels. Now, listen. If you see them, it's important that we get them all. We'll give you $20 a head if anything you give us leads to their capture. But, please, leave this to the professionals. These men are dangerous criminals. You have my word. Right. Well, we're holding up the train. 
I understand. I won't keep you. Your name was... Uh, my name is Eli. And I am Charles Eugene Swan Third, at your service. And this is Pinky. Oh, Eli! All right. I see. Go on. Yeah, but please. This is not a joke. So, we're going to wander off away from that scene. Hey, one of those many described as Julius. Yeah, thanks for that, Pinky. I do appreciate your astute observations. The marshal said he's dangerous here, so perhaps we should split up? Uh, and I could stay here with all the people. Julius could turn up here, and I will intervene before the marshals. You go ahead and stay here, and keep an eye out. Eli knows that, or at least feels that he always works better alone. <laughs> but he has gotten, I don't know, I'm weirdly attached to Pinky, I guess. <laughs> like, I'm confident that you'll make quick work of this alone. I, I do recommend visiting Julius's contact, Dr. Hackett. She will surely know the plan. Uh, you'll find her on Beach Street. I'm sure I drew you a map on the train. I'm going to make my way towards this beach street uh and uh this jail where is the the jail in case i want to uh question some prisoners myself oh yeah of course uh i will circle that for you on the map i imagine it will be swarming with police so perhaps that can be your last resort hmm? regardless you need to pass beach street leave your trunk with me in case you need to run but uh you know I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> okay, au revoir. As Eli walks the otherwise quiet streets of a campus on summer break, he does see uniformed men knocking on doors and questioning the locals. None of them stop you during your short walk to the professor's home, but you pull out the map, you're trying to match it up with its address on a house blanketed in vines. And you first hear, and then see a woman. She's trying to load something into a wooden cart. She's hunched over, working with great difficulty. Uh, uh, oh, oh, Ambrose, you've barely eaten. How can you be so heavy? Okay. I'm going to walk up. <clears throat> Excuse me, miss. Oh, dear God! Oh! <sighs> Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you coming. You are a stealthy devil, aren't you? And she steps out in front of the wagon, obscuring whatever it is she's loading. <laughs> and who might you be? I didn't ask for more surprises. I think everyone would agree. My name is Eli. And I sort of doff my hat, you know. Well, aren't we charming? <laughs> But I must inquire about your intentions, young man. It is unbecoming to charge into someone's garden. I could be doing anything. Not that I am. Uh, I'm, uh, looking for a friend. Ah, well, you're a long way from the chicken ranch, I'm afraid. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna have to stop and laugh every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit new to town. Uh, and I believe he is as well. Oh, I see. 
Who is this friend? Do you know Peter or... Or Tabitha? Oh, perhaps it is Johnny. He's so mysterious. Uh, he's a he's a large fellow. I understand that uh, he's hard to miss. Is his name Julius? Are you with Professor Bleeker's band of merry misfits? I am. May I ask your name? Oh, gosh. Of course. I'm Jane. Jane Hackett. A pleasure to meet you, Jane. You've caught me at a miserable time, I'm afraid. My son Ambrose is badly injured. Then you'll notice that the thing crumpled behind the cart is a bloodied man. Uh, can I assist you in getting him to help? If you are with the professor, I think that is most prudent. Assuming that you keep that pouty mouth of yours shut. <laughs> now watch his head, he's rather hurt. Gently does it. As a lamb. As you approach the man, you see he's barely conscious. Most importantly, he's going to be dead weight loading him into the cart. Mm. Yeah, and I will attempt to do that as gently as possible. I'll take his arms if you grab his legs. One, a two, a three, upsie daisy! Oh, Oh, thank you for that. You're stronger than you look. Help me push the cart and I'll tell you where to find Julius. Oh, so there's no horse with this cart? No, it's a hand cart like an oversized wheelbarrow. Awesome. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and do that. Dr. Hackett is guiding you in this cart through the backyards of houses and then shadowy alleyways as you near campus. You narrowly miss running into the officers who are canvassing town. Ah, well, that was exciting for everyone, I hope. We don't need to worry now. Where exactly is it that we are going? A hospital, I assume? No, we are going to where he will receive the attention he deserves. I think I understand. I hoped you would. Uh, well, by all means, lead the way. She directs you to the side of a rickety building with a large oak tree growing out front. There's a smoking chimney, despite the scorching Texas sun. A man is slouched against the wall who might remind you of the hobo's injunction. Dressed like a hobo? No, he's in finer clothing. Maybe a student in his early 20s? Okay, I'm just going to look at him and say, How are we doing, my good man? (laughs) (laughs) He seems drunk or high or maybe both. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so he lives in my apartment in college is what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk later. Eli, I have reason to believe Julius may be inside. See if you can take him back to Bleecker before he accuses me of keeping him for myself. (laughs) I'll warn you, he is traveling with a tiny man, a bit of a creep. Hackett starts rapping on the side door. And so I'm, I guess, waiting also for the door. A smallish man, probably five foot on the nose, eventually opens up. Very good, Doctor. Very good. And he signals somebody else over to start dragging this guy out of the wooden cart by the feet and into the building. Do mind his head. 
<laughs> and that is the floor. Hackett parks the wagon around the back corner of the building and scans the surrounding area. Do you need any further assistance? Eli, are you sure you want to come in? This might be a lot for you. Uh, Jane, I have literally no idea what you're talking about. Is Julius in there? Hmm. Who's Julius? Oh, right. Yes, yes. Come in, but I make no promises. All right. Eli's just going in. It's an opium den, not a hospital. I should have mentioned that. Well, Eli, your assistance was wonderful. Though you are scrawny and there isn't much bosom. You could be a mother yourself one day, I'm quite certain. <laughs> you are welcome to stay. There is enough for everyone. But if you don't intend to linger here, you must leave now. Soon the choice won't be yours to make. Uh, and at that point, Eli's like, oh, that's fine. Oh, Benjamin, hello! And uh, Eli is going to scan the room looking for a large gentleman. You immediately spot Julius. I would assume so. <laughs> Hackett notices Julius at that very moment and slinks behind a pillar. <gasps> okay. And I will completely ignore that behavior. <laughs> okay. And walk straight over to their booth. And, and then to Julius, he's going to say, may I join you two gentlemen? Um, we were just at the rodeo. It would appear that you lost. <laughs> <laughs> Please take a seat. And I'm going to take a barely interested look at Silas. <laughs> and I'm going to look at Julius and say, Am I safe in assuming that you are also in the employ of a Professor Bleaker? That depends. Are you after Professor Bleaker? No, I am. Uh, I'm working for him. I've been sent to find you. Oh, well. It is I, Julius. Well, what's your name? I am Eli. It's a pleasure to meet you. And he looks at Silas and he says, and you as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is Silas. He's not in Bleaker's employ uh, quite yet, but... You don't say. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Silas is a man of many faces. He has a lot to offer the medicine show. <laughs> yes, he's very impressive. <laughs> I've been, uh, I suppose, charged with coming to find you and return you to Junction or assist you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not fully clear on what it is I'm doing here. What I can tell you is that I am apparently not the only person in town looking for you. You mean in Junction looking for me? No, here in College Station, your description certainly has come up. Okay, well, looks like we don't have too much time. We've mostly been sticking to the shadows, so if we can do that and get out of here, that might be the smartest thing. What exactly is the plan for getting out of here? I don't know if you have one. 
staying out of sight, taking the back alleyways, the back roads of College Station. To where exactly? The train station. Uh, that's going to be a non-starter there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just stop you there so that nobody else stops you at the train station. Ah. <laughs> uh. What do you suggest, Eli? Well, hell if I know. I just got here. I have literally been in town for 20 minutes. And I found I found you, so I can't imagine it's going to take everybody else a particularly long time. I've been a rodeo. <laughs> there is some activity happening at the service entrance. Attendants have run over there, and they're receiving something, bringing it into the den. The old man signals other workers to light candles on the wall behind him. Is this like decoration or does it look like it's like for something special? You're not sure. This could be their decor. There are small ledges covering the wall behind the old man. Their sequence seems purposeful, though. And when the attendants touch the burning taper to the wicks, each candle flickers to life. Their illumination creates shadows that interplay with one another, forming a pattern. Hmm. My thanks to you all. Please, everyone, partake in the poppy. This should be a joyous time. The trapped light between the latticed shadows seethes as if trying to break free. The old man sits at the heart as the last of the candles are lit. And from somewhere behind, bells chime. Uh, as I said, I am a bit of a new arrival. Are you gentlemen aware of any other way out of town? Perhaps we'll need to find one. Uh, Silas has been here longer than I have, so... The way I see it, we either acquire some horses, and make our way out of town, or we find a way to sneak you two onto the train. And I, while I am familiar with some disguise, Julius, I've got to be honest, that seems like a bit of a tall order. <laughs> Gather now. It seems we have much work ahead of us. This one is almost beyond us. Atiste mesastaonira, gigatabrofiste tonapovlito. Julius, while conversing with Eli, you notice Ambrose. He's quivering as he lies on the silk cushions, with sweat beginning to bead on his skin. Beyond, the old man sits enshrined in the pattern of light and shadows. The long, dark lines shimmer like the plucked strings of a cello. And again, the bells chime. Hackett and another bring forth another pipe, gilded in silver, and lay it before the old man. Okay. <laughs> the attendants slowly step in unison to the edges of the cushions. Their eyes shut, silent words on their lips as if in a deep sleep. 
Hackett stands at the opposite position of the circle to the old man. Wiping the drool from his mouth, Silas, if you're looking around, the colors in here seem richer than before, like an oil painting. It's almost like you can see each stroke that creates the fabric of the room. Thin streaks of black mar its beauty, and it starts to bleed together toward the center of the room. I guess we're in my world now, aren't we, fucker? (laughs) (laughs) The old man takes another long draw on his pipe and exhales to fill the room with a curling carmine smoke. The smoke almost seeks out the patrons, enveloping and constricting the room. As it touches the candles, they flare up, casting the old man into a stark silhouette, which holds no form. I can see what holds you from the cradle of rest, child. It will be no longer. No. Uh, Eli is suddenly no longer at all interested in the plan to get out of town. And is very interested in whatever's going on back there. So yeah, uh, Julius, he's also just gonna sort of just like 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 watch for like another like couple of seconds and just figure out kind of like what to do in this situation here. It's strange for sure. The smoke looks like it's physically suppressing Ambrose. Uh. Silas, you see more clearly than anyone. I'm high as fuck. I'm just aware. The tang of sweet opium burns at your taste and smell. The smoke moves like seeking fingers. They grasp at you and press you down into the cushions. You sink deep as if cocooned in silk. The patterns on the cushions change to mirror your thoughts as you struggle to breathe anything but the cloying opium-steeped air. Your reverence for the pipe is respectable, young Silas, as are your contributions to the feast. Shall your nightmares pass? We will see each other again. Ah. Looking through the thick smoke to the old man, you can see his silhouette move and change. His limbs lengthen and split as strands of color form between Ambrose and the old man's maw. Please forgive me. Released, you gasp in air. Looking back, you see just an old man. Curls of smoke continue pushing in from the perimeter toward Ambrose. (laughs) No, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) What is Jane doing? Hackett and a few others are standing again. Eyes open and dilated, she watches with a face of concern. Okay. I mean, I'm still just watching. Okay. Is this normal? This is not normal. We should consider leaving or finding out what this is, and I can't figure out what the option is better. Can I occult check it from from my... Gaze. Can I occult check it? Fuck yeah. Julius does a lot of reading, including to the darker things sometimes. 
Oh, look at that. I got a 95. You'll be shocked, Cup. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Mm. So you both failed. This seems to be some sort of ritual, but it's unfamiliar. Interesting. Are we interfering with this or are we getting out of here? This looks like it's about to be trouble. Deeper trouble than what you say I'm already in. Uh, if it's all the same with you gentlemen, I believe I'll see what's going on here. This is different than anything I've ever seen here, and um, his curiosity has made me curious, so I think I'm... <laughs> I think I'm in. I'm, I'm vibing real hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with you, gentlemen. The form of Ambrose is almost smothered by the smoke, pressing him into the cushions. Painfully, he convulses as it forces its way into his mouth and please, nose. Please forgive me. Thickening red resin leaks from his orifices and his eyes. God, I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. Clutching at the silk, he kicks like a drowning man before the wreathing smoke weighs on him. He struggles to stand, but the grasping smoke pulls him back to the sea of cushions, pushing down. He loses consciousness, and resin seeps into the material around him. Ambrose disappears under the pooling red substance. Damn. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. May I have sanity rolls? Naturally. Yeah, that's about. That's probably about right. Hard success. Success. Regular success. You've all passed. Take just one point of sand loss. It's unclear to all of you whether Ambrose is asleep, unconscious, or dead. What's uh? What's Jane looking like? Her full attention is on Ambrose at the moment, but she glances at your table. She looks fascinated and maybe something else? You could give me a psychology check. Oh, wait, I have a little psychology. But I failed because, of course, I did. <laughs> Push the psychology roll. Fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I can't imagine what that would be in this context. Like, except, Although I'm tempted to just walk over to her. Yeah, you could step over some people and get real close. Uh, I am going to walk over to her, and I'm going to say, would you say that your son is feeling better? My son? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> oh, I think he's at peace now, finally. Uh-huh. Are these, um, are these friends of yours? Listen, Eli, was it? It was. I think we are giving gifts, are we? Yes, I think we are. You have done well, all of you. The old man extends a closed fist toward Eli. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's fucking keep stacking it up. What, we, what did I get now? You have performed a great service today, reaching into a place I could not. For this, you and your friends shall be rewarded. He opens his withered hand to reveal a talisman in the shape of a cat. One of its eyes is missing, and the other is set with peridot. Uh, what exactly do I do with this? 
That is for you to determine. It might be best if you leave now. We would allow that, I think. Silas has me convinced. Well, all right then. <laughs> Eli is going to take another glance around and read the room. It's been a pleasure. If you'll excuse me, I have a giant and a stoner that I have to get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> and he again will sort of doff his hat and turn to walk out and sort of gesture to the other two that we should leave out the service entrance, if that seems like it's an option that's available to us. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, let's, let, let's do that. Okay, so we're going to walk outside. Okay, Julius and Silas, you notice that the old man is watching you. Hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you sense that he's watching you, but you're seeing solid black pupils. Um. And Silas, despite the impossible distance, you feel his hand on your shoulder. That's that's fucked up. <laughs> wow. That is fucked up. Soon. Well, anyway, we're going to head out. <laughs> it has been a pleasure, gentlemen. We must catch up for tea soon. So we're going to need to find some horses. Is there uh, any horses tied up outside of the opium den that perhaps some people rode to the den that we can? This is a good question. It is a good question. So give me a group luck roll. Hey, I succeeded on a thing. All right. Now for Eli, give me a D6. Five. Wow. There are three horses. Wow. Okay, we're going to need to acquire another horse. Oh, you're still thinking about the compare. I've already forgotten him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once again, gentlemen, I've got to ask you, uh, do we care to go get Pinky or... You know what we could do? We could send a message to him that the situation has resolved itself and he can just take the train back <laughs> and have a little picnic. <laughs> <laughs> Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content, and special programming, please join our wolf pack at patreon.com slash ain't slayed or subscribe to ain't slayed nobody plus at apple podcasts nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber see our show notes for full credits and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers thank you and good luck out there <laughs>